Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, praise team. God bless you. In case you didn't notice in the last few moments, we've tapped into something here in the spirit. And by preaching, we're not, we're not killing that. In fact, we're, we're going we're gonna to encourage what's happening right now because we're going to pray for the sick before we leave tonight. We're going to pray for all our sin, all our sickness, all our pain, everything that we're going through. And God's going to touch. I believe he's going to do that. Do you believe you have a God who's able to do that? Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know how long I'm going to be tonight. We'll follow the Holy Ghost. Amen. And see what he does. I'm looking forward and excited to see the results of God's spirit working. Luke chapter 5. Verse 26, and it says, And they were all amazed, and they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, For we have seen some strange things today. They had already seen some healings take place. They had already seen some things happen that they didn't understand. They couldn't analyze it in their human logic. They, they couldn't figure it all out. Verse 27, And after these things he went forth and saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of the custom and said unto him, Follow me. And he left all, rose up, and followed him. And Levi made a great feast in his own house. And there was a great company of publicans and others that sat down with them. This Levi, he invites Jesus into his house, invites others into his house. <coughs> Verse 30, but the scribes and Pharisees murmured against his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with publicans and sinners? And Jesus answered and said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. They that are whole, he said, really don't need a physician, but they that are sick. I want to speak for a short time tonight from this title, The Doctor is In. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Brother Neil, would you lift your voice and pray and ask God to touch? Hallelujah. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. The doctor is in. It is a reality that in a crowd this size, there would be many different individual needs that are represented. And we have come tonight, and if we were honest, we all need something from God. How many would say that's true, Pastor? I need something from God. We showed up with purpose that the King of Kings would touch us and the Lord of Lords would reach down and stir us in our spirit. The problem is sometimes we don't like to talk about what we need. We think sometimes if we can ignore it, if we don't talk about it, somehow it won't be real. But can I tell you that God knows what it is anyway. Whether you've told him about it, whether you've talked to him about it, whether you've asked him about it, he's already aware. Philippians 4 and 19, it says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. If you have a need, I have one who can supply the need. If you've come here with sickness tonight, I have one who can heal your sickness. I had been fighting sickness for 
sometime in my own life, but it seemed to be holding on and on. I, I really couldn't get rid of it. So, excuse me, last week I, I finally tried to get an appointment at the after hours clinic. Now, I'm not someone who's a hypochondriac. I, I, don't, I don't go to the hospital often. In fact, I can't really remember the last time I, I went to the hospital. I checked and I made sure my uh, Medicare card was current and my Blue Cross insurance card was up to date and all of these things. In fact, I had to update that one. Blue Cross was more than 10 years old. They had my address when I was in Florenceville. So that tells you how often I go to the doctor, but I felt like I needed to see a doctor. And I went to the, get an appointment after the, at the after-hours clinic here on Johnson Road by the Superstore, only to find out that they no longer take walk-ins. Everything was now online. So they directed me to skip the waiting room. Right then I wanted to skip something. I didn't know if it was the waiting room or not. But the next day I logged on to the site where they told me to go and I tried to get an appointment only to have the message appear on my screen. All slots are full for the day. I mentioned it to John and John told me about a site called maple.ca. Anybody know maple.ca? The next day I downloaded the app and I entered all the stats and the pertinent information. I, I made my payment and such and the screen told me that the appointment with the doctor was just about to begin. I was about to get the answer, Brother Brandon, that I had been looking for. About to get in to see what I had been waiting for. And I waited several minutes only to have this message appear on my screen. After careful consideration, the provider determined that your request can't be addressed. Log in to find out more. Well, I was already logged in. You see, when you have a need... It's reassuring to know someone who is able to help you with that need. And I thought that I had found someone or something that could help me with the need that I have only to leave disappointed. In our text, Jesus was speaking some really strong truth to those that were gathered at Levi's house that day. In Luke 5 and 31, Jesus answered and said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician. But they that are sick. This particular saying by Jesus, it appears in three of the four Gospels. We find it in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 12. We find it in Mark chapter 2 and verse 17. And we find it in our text in Luke chapter 5 and verse 31. They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. It would seem to me that out of the three Gospels that mention this particular incident, this, the words of Jesus landed more squarely on the shoulders of Luke. He more than anyone could relate to what Jesus said. Matthew was a tax collector. He really hadn't sat in the seat of the physician before. Mark was just a teenager son of one of the saints and dedicated ones in the church. He was Peter's interpreter. But Luke, he was a physician. Think about what Dr. Luke must have been thinking as he quoted these words of Jesus. Dr. Luke would have known what it was like to be the only hope for somebody. He would have known what it was like to give out that medicine and to be the one that helped and be the one to bring re restoration. But he also would have known what it was like to tell someone that 
There was nothing that he could do. He could no longer help them. There are lots of kinds of doctors in the world. Pediatrician, a doctor for children, those that work in geriatrics for the elderly, dermatologists working on skin and allergists for allergies and heart disease, cardiologists, the optometrist for your eyes, the neurologist for your brains, the oncologist for cancer, surgeon, they, they do the operations with this uh, such precision. There's psychiatrists who take care of our mental health. And these doctors, they each have their own specialty. But our great God, he specializes in everything. The great physician does it all. You can't find a disease on the face of the earth that he isn't able to cure. You can't find an emotional situation that your life gets tangled up in that he's not able to take care of. You can't find yourself in a situation in your health that God is unable to bring relief. Exodus chapter 15 and verse 26, it gives us an encouraging message that comes from God himself. He said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. In Genesis chapter 18, he asks a rhetorical question that he knows Israel already knows the answers. He says, is anything too hard for the Lord? Of course, Israel, with one voice, if they were true followers of Jehovah, they would say, no. Nothing's too hard for our God, for they had experienced his power. But Jesus' comment that day, when you look at it, it wasn't really about physical healing. Though he used it to illustrate his point, those that are well, they have no need of a physician. The scribes and the Pharisees, the religious elite, they were mad and they were mad that he was sitting down and he was fellowshipping with those that they thought were sinners. Those that they had an ill opinion of. The Pharisees and scribes, they were upset and they asked, why is Jesus and why is his disciples sitting down with such people? Why are they sitting and fellowshipping with sinners? To the religious elite, Jesus' answer was both simple and profound. Those that are well have no need of a physician, Jesus said. That must have struck a chord with them that day. You see, Jesus is the physician of not just the body, but he's the physician of the soul. So I think it makes perfect sense for him to be sitting there among those who they would refer to as sinners, those who they would refer to as the sick. These Pharisees, his critics, of course, they were sick with sin also. Yet they refused to see themselves in that way. They thought other people were the sick ones with sin and not themselves. They refused themselves to acknowledge it. There's certainly many possible reasons why a sick person might refuse the services of a doctor. Perhaps you don't know that you're sick. Perhaps you know that you are sick, but you think you'll get better on your own. Perhaps you don't know that you even have a particular need for a doctor in this situation. Perhaps you don't know that there is a doctor that can help you. Perhaps you're afraid to hear what the doctor will tell you, the advice that comes your way of what you should do with this particular situation. Jesus is the perfect, and he is the complete doctor. 
He can heal of us of our sin, and he can heal us of our sickness. He is always available. He makes the perfect diagnosis. He provides a complete cure. He even pays for the appointment himself. I want you to know that Jesus, he wants to heal you in this room tonight. Right now, no matter what the need is, he can do it, and he wants to, he desires to. Thank God the doctor is not afraid to sit among the sick. I'm grateful tonight we serve a physician who isn't afraid to take a seat among those who are sick. After all, we're the ones who need a physician. The ones who are suffering with the sickness of sin, we're in need of some help. The ones who are suffering with disease in our body, we're the needs of help. And that great physician, he is in the room right now. In Genesis chapter 37, we have the first mention of a specialized medicine called the balm of Gilead. In Genesis 37 and verse 25, it says, And they sat down and ate bread. And they lifted up their eyes and looked, and behold, the company of the Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels, bearing spicery and balm and myrrh and going to carry it down to Egypt. These healing balms, they were used as medicinal solutions back in ancient times and these balms and these salves they were probably administered by the medicine man of the village or whoever the particular physician of the village was or it's said as you begin to study this that there were even those who sold this balm on the side of the road to those foot sore travelers who were on their way and they had sore feet and perhaps blisters on their feet balm in its General form, it comes from several herbs that are part of the mint family of trees. It's used in everything from food to alcohol to perfume to fruit drinks. When you study the balm of Gilead, we discover that this particular balm, it's related to the balsam poplar tree. It's considered a myrrh-like resin chemical compound found in the Arabian Peninsula, specifically in ancient Palestine east of the Jordan River. And it was used for their medicine in that day. The, the balm, it was known to be combined with other ingredients to increase its potency. So they could take it in a general form, but then they could begin to, to uh, put other ingredients in it. And they put ingredients like licorice and honey. And it, they used it for solving chest uh, congestion to, uh, to bruising and swelling and damage to the skin. Inflammation is what the balm of Gilead was used most for. Presently, it's used especially in sunburns and, and arthritis. Some ancient historians, they say that Queen Sheba, when she went to visit Solomon, this was one of the gifts that she brought the king. We see the balm of Gilead again in the book of Jeremiah. The prophet, he looks at the situation of his nation. They are backslidden. They are away from God. They're needing a touch from God. They're needing to be restored. And Jeremiah begins to grieve in his spirit. Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse 21, it says, he says, for the hurt of the daughter of my people, I am hurt. I am mourning. I am in anguish. I am black with soreness. Astonishment hath taken hold of me. In verse 22, he says, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is the health of the daughter of my people Recovered. Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? 
chapter 8, it has the prophet in a broken and an upset emotional state. He's thinking over the state of Israel and what has happened to them through the years. If everything necessary is available to them, why then are the people in such unhealthy spiritual condition? Of course, the balm of Gilead was plenteous where they were. It was available as much as they wanted to get it. In Gilead, there stood a great school of medicine that was there, and, and it was one of, the, one of the schools that was desired to get into, be desired much, and physicians came out of Gilead, so physicians were also plentiful there in Gilead. If the balm of Gilead is there and it hasn't helped and there's physicians there and they haven't helped, why isn't the health of my people recovered? Suddenly Jeremiah has a revelation. He realizes that Israel is beyond the help of man. Israel has somehow gotten beyond the point where they can help themselves any longer. And they need God to intervene in their situation in such a grave way. I think today it's safe to say as humanity, we find ourselves in a similar state. We are dealing with things that only God has the power to take care of. We've come to the place where the sickness that we have, we can't take care of it on our own. The emotional issues that we're suffering with, we can no longer cure those on our own. We can no longer walk through life and celebrate humanity while suffering with the needs that are so deep on the inside of us. We have come to the place where humanity and man itself can no longer help. Is the balm available? Yes. Is there a physician available? Yes. But we need something more than humanity can give. We need something more than medicine can give. I present to you tonight the great physician, one who can rub your wounds, one who can take you in his name scarred hands and begin to raise you up and begin to heal you. In the gospel of Mark, we're introduced to a woman that we know simply as the woman with the issue of blood. In verse 25 of Mark chapter 5, it says a certain woman had an issue of blood for 12 years <coughs> and had suffered many things of many physicians. That's an interesting line right there. Suffered many things of many physicians. It sounds like perhaps she went through a few experimental therapies. Sounds like perhaps the doctor probed and prodded and tried to get everything that he could do, and she had suffered through this. And she had spent all the money that she had. And it says, and she was nothing better, but rather grew worse. This situation that she was living through that was beyond her help, it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. She had spent her human resources. She had went for human help. She had gone through every dollar that she had. She had gained no help from it. Instead, her reward was the fact that she got worse. And now she had nothing left 
to hope for. She was at the end of her rope. But in same chapter, in just the next verse down in verse 27, it said, let, let's read that last verse again. But rather, she grew nothing better but grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if may, I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body, and she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And the disciples' eyes get big, and they, they can't even believe he's asking such a question. The disciples said unto him, seeing thou the great multitude that's around you, and you say, who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, knowing the change that had already taken place, knowing that virtue had come into her body, knowing that healing flowed, she came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. She had tried everything. She went to the doctor. She tried it all. And then she heard of Jesus. And she said, you know what? I tried everything from a human perspective. I might as well try something that really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I think if I could just grab a hold of his garment, something would happen. I want you to know tonight you may have tried it all. You may feel forsaken in this moment. You may feel like God has somehow forgotten. You may feel helpless, and you might feel like your emotional state is hopeless. But can I tell you there is healing in the house tonight. There is a healer that is in the room tonight. The doctor, he is in. Jesus is not afraid of sin Jesus is not afraid of sickness of any kind, no matter what it is. You can't get a sin that's too deep. You can't get a sickness that's too great. The great healer, he is coming. He's stretching out his hand to the church tonight, and he says, Be thou healed. I am the God that healeth thee. This is what the Bible says, Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. In the middle of my praising, in the middle of my blessing, in the middle of my praying, I never want to forget, Brother Keith, that it's a, he's the one who forgives all my iniquities. He's the one that heals all my diseases. Isaiah 53 in verse 5, it says, but he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. A chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. We just sang about it just a few moments ago as the blood began to flow down Calvary's hill. It flowed for our healing. It flowed for our sickness. It flowed so we could be made whole completely. Come on, somebody say, by his stripes, we are healed. 
were healed. Think about that. God already made provision for your healing. By his stripes, we are healed. That verb is a perpetual verb. That means it never stops. By his stripes, we continue, Brother Neil, to be healed. It doesn't matter if it's today or tomorrow or next week or next month or next year or 10 years down the road. That healing that it talks about in that verse, it is still going to be applicable to right where you are. So can I say way back then as he spread his arms on Calvary's cross, God was making provision for your healing on July 16th, 2023. Musicians, come. Let's stand together tonight. He cares that much about your personal situation that he has already planned your healing. So no matter what you need tonight, the doctor is in. There's no appointment needed. There is no waiting necessary. You don't need to log on. There are no rejections given. The doctor welcomes the sinful. He welcomes the sick. He welcomes the broken. He welcomes the bruised. He welcomes the hurting and the helpless. He welcomes the weeping and the wounded. And he welcomes you tonight. In this room, there are four types of healings that are needed. There are those tonight that are in need of physical healing. You need God to touch your body. You need him to restore some things that have been broken. I've got good news. God specializes in it all. There are those here tonight you need emotional healing. You have been fraught with depression. You've been downtrodden. You can't pick yourself up out of an emotional state like you used to be able to. You find yourself broken and really not able to go on. Well, there's healing for you, too. The doctor is in. There are those here tonight that need relational healing in your family. We have one who specializes in that. He's the great physician. Scripture calls him the wonderful counselor. And lastly, there are those that need spiritual healing. Sin has crept in somehow. Sin has pushed you away from God. Perhaps you don't even feel like it was sin. Perhaps you feel like you've just grown cold in your walk with God. And you need spiritual healing. You need to be restored where you were before. God wants to do that for you tonight. Jesus is in the temple in Luke chapter 4. It says, And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, and set at liberty them that are bruised, 
The scripture says after this, he took the book, he closed it, and he said, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. They had heard about it for years. They had anticipated this one who would come. Little did they know he was sitting in church with them that day. Same God that was in the temple with them, he's in the sanctuary of Pentecostals of Miramichi tonight. And he wants to do the same things that he talked about. I want you to know the doctor's in. The blind can see. The deaf can hear. The dead can be raised. The emotional can get their joy back. The poor, they can begin to hear the gospel and the good news that that it will bring to their life. The joy that it will bring back to their life. God is here tonight. I wonder if we could bow our heads and close our eyes tonight. Begin to wait on the Lord right now. Jesus, I've expressed my heart to your people tonight. I know that you are the great physician. I know you sit in a place, God, where you can touch and you can heal every need that is represented in this house tonight, God. Lord, I pray, Jesus, as our faith begins to rise in the house, Lord. You've touched us in the past, God. You've healed in the past, God. You've restored in the past, God. Now I'm calling, Lord, to memory, God, those moments of faith, God, it would begin to rise in our spirit. And that same faith, God, that moved back then it would begin to stir in our spirit right now, Lord, and you begin to heal, God. I pray, Lord, as we put this service into your hands, that supernatural things will happen, God. I don't want human things to happen tonight. I don't want things that I can do to happen tonight. God, I want you to enter the room as a great physician, Lord, and I want you to begin to heal. I want you to begin to bless. I want you to begin to restore. I want you to bring back joy, God. I want you to have blood begin to flow again from Calvary's hill into a life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, if you need healing tonight, would you join me in this altar? In a few moments, we're going to give our young ministers some oil. We're going to get them to anoint you in the name of the Lord, and God's going to heal. He's going to do it tonight.